G'day everybody and welcome to Expand the Phantom Podcast. This episode will be a little bit different to usual as it's actually something we recorded a while ago. However, before I get into that, I just wanted to give a quick apology for there not being a full episode of the podcast recently. Basically, with things winding down, coming towards the end of the year, our schedules um, are a bit over the place. So Jermaine, Steve and I haven't been able to get together to record a full episode. However, that opens up this opportunity to present to you with some brilliant uh, fan interviews that Stephen did when he was at the Bendigo Comic Fair earlier this year. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a complete doofus and actually forgot all about these recordings, hence why they're coming out so late. Anyway, I hope you enjoy them, late or not. It's some great stuff and you'll recognise some of the names of the people we talk to. Cheers. G'day, it's Steve here for X-Band for Chronicle Chamber and I'm here with Michael Rowe at, in, at Bendigo's Comic, Toy and Record Fair. How are you going there, Michael? Good mate, how are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. And um, so you, you've been a panel collector for a while? I have, um, since about 1990. Yeah? Yeah, I was eight or nine. Uh, my dad and older brother got me into it. They had the comics, the t-shirts and... Um, I haven't stopped since. Excellent. Uh, I spend most of my time trying to find stuff from about that era. Yeah. Uh, a lot of monkeys, Davenport, fan club stuff, uh, Scanson stuff, stuff I couldn't afford when I was a kid. <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah. so working backwards and uh, spending all my money, but having <laughs> a good time while I do it. Excellent. Um, do you have a, a thing that you're absolutely after, the Holy Grail? Holy Grail. Um, I guess anything monkeys, uh, plates, platters, prototype lamps. Uh, I also like the movie props. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got one of uh, Billy Kane's uh, cows. Yeah. And a few other bits and pieces. Um, I wouldn't mind a complete suit. (laughs) That'd be a dream, wouldn't it? Yeah, I've seen a couple come up for sale, but you know, it was either that or a new car, so... Ah. <laughs> this mm. isn't a decision. Mm. So what would be the most prized possession that, or collector's item that you'd have? Um, probably uh, stuff I got when I was younger. Um, I've got uh, one of the belt buckles my brother wore a lot uh, before he passed away, so... You know, if I had to sell everything, if times uh, 
got tough. That's probably the one thing I'd keep. Keep. Now it's sentimental. Excellent. Very good. Um, do you remember what your first comic was? I do. Uh, yeah? 965. 965? Yeah. And what's that story for those of us who... I don't remember that. <laughs> That's 965. No. Uh, but I remember that was the first one. So it was about that time when I started collecting. Yeah. Excellent. Um, if you could pick you know, your three favourite stories, could you narrow them down to three? Oh. We're just in the way. Look, old stories, I suppose... Um, I couldn't narrow it down, but one I have been trying to explain to some friends that aren't into the Phantom was actually the last Phantom story. Um, the Dynamite one? Yeah. yeah. Um, different, you know, a brutal Phantom, a violent yeah. Phantom. Uh, I like the, the change. Yeah? Yeah. Very good. As a one-off. As a one-off. Yeah. yeah, don't want to see it continue, but just a nice little one-off. Yeah. yeah. Ah, very good. Ah, well, thanks for your time, Michael. I hope you've enjoyed your, yourself here today. I've only just rock, rocked up, so I'm still yet to do my exploring, but, um, no, it looks good here. It is good. I've, yeah. uh, I've picked up a lot of good things, uh, little bits and pieces. You had a chat to Nick? I have, <laughs> uh, yes. I managed to score his old uh, fan club tea towel. Oh, nice. So, Anything off Jimmy James yet? Uh, yeah, little bits and pieces, some <laughs> stickers and posters. Uh, done some good trades. Oh, very good. Yeah, excellent. Well, all the best, uh, Michael. Thanks, mate. All right, cheers. Have a good, good one. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Oops. G'day, listeners. It's Steve here for the X-Men. And I'm here, standing here with uh, Jimmy James on Facebook and, and Nick Gordon, the commish, who we all know, um, again on the Facebook. We're here in lovely Bendigo. They put the, the sun on for us today, and so we're stuck inside. But inside here, I'm standing in front of uh, two tables, two trestle tables, just chock-a-block of Phantom stuff, and it's fantastic. It's a collector's wet dream, really. And um, I'll, I'll start with you there. Nick, how are you going there, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Yep. And you, Jimmy? Yeah, very well. Very Thanks well. for coming down. Oh, oh my pleasure. Um, so, how'd you get into collecting? I started collecting comics when I was eight years old. Yeah. Um, I was playing football with my mate in, in the backyard, and we kicked the ball into the shed. And when we were in there, my mate found a box of my dad's pornos in there. <laughs> so, um, while he was pulling them out and saying, look at these, I spotted some Phantom comics in the same box, and I found about 20... Phantom Comics from about the uh, 200s to the 500s. Ooh, nice. And uh, started reading them, and since then just started buying it every fortnight. Fantastic. What about your mate? Was he? Did he get into it at all? He was, he was too busy. No, not into it. He was too busy looking at boobs, I think. <laughs> what about you, Jimmy? Uh, similar story. Just the, the old man had a bunch of comics uh, sitting on the dashboard of the old Holden, so... Oh, really? Out fishing trip one day, and I was pretty bored with the not catching anything, and yeah, picked up, started reading from there, and haven't stopped uh, ever since. Excellent. So, uh, what year would that would have been for the two of you? Long time 26 ago. 26 years ago for me. Yeah, 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 I'd say 25 years ago for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. And, um. I'll pause it there while well, I think of the next question. <laughs> How's the So you mentioned you started collecting about 25, 26 years ago. Do you remember the first comics that you got? 
Yeah, the first comic I got, I got was uh, number 989, Zim of the Rogue Elephant. Uh, I just got the, uh, the 20 or so comics off me dad and we're in the news agency and I spotted them there and he was as shocked as I was that they were still printing them, <laughs> considering the age of the ones that I had. And uh, he uh, gave me the dollar fifty to, to buy the comic and then from every fortnight after that, just kept pestering him. Excellent. I remember the, the Zim of the Rogue Elephant. Actually, um, I remember it coming in a show bag. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've picked that one up in a show bag back oh, a long time ago. Yeah, they did re- do a lot of reprints about, about that time for show bags, yeah. yeah. What about you, Jimmy, or are you still just looking it up? Still <laughs> looking it up, but early 1000s, uh, the Hydra, the classic with the, the Cy Barry story, definitely a, a favourite story of mine as well. So Excellent, yeah. excellent. Um, what about uh, favorite co- any favourite covers? of? Um, uh, could be Fruit, could be Dynamite, Moonstone. Any favourite co- uh, covers that you have there? Yeah, to me, the classics are the best, the early 200s, 100s. Um, I love the old vibrant colours, the yellows, the oranges that they put in. Yeah. You find them very unusual to actually be those sorts of colours, but I, I guess that was the uh, only colours they had left for printing back in those times, yeah. Yeah, I know you've um, been over to your place a couple of times, and you've got the New Zealand co- the comics as well, and they've done them in the, in the yellow or green as well. Yeah, they're very similar colours to the, what the through early issues were, and um, yeah, really love the, like, in the New Zealand, it's about the 50 to 100 sort of uh, very yellow, red, orange colours in the colour. Very good. What about you, Jimmy? Yeah, my personal favourites are early fruits as well, but in particular the A and B specials, 65A, 76A and 76B. Yeah. And they're certainly proving to be the most, some of the most difficult comics to, to find in my collection as well. So. Really? Yeah, I've got, I picked up 76A and 76B recently, uh, and 65A still eludes me, so I'm uh, chasing it down, but really favourite covers for that uh, kind of era. Excellent. Oh, we might just pause there. They're having a big cosplay exhibi- exhibition. Uh, we'll get back to the interview shortly. Bye. <laughs> All right, fellas, so what about your um, your top three favourite stories? Well, I'm pretty sure it's on everyone's list. Of course, The Phantom Goes to War, greatest story ever made. But uh, my second one's The Setup. It's actually a Scandinavian one, I think, from yeah. memory. Uh, very action-packed, lots of uh, gun scenes, shooting. I just love it how he's been chased everywhere. Great all-round story. Can't think... Uh, third one... I'll come back to me. Come back to you. I'll, I'll go to Jimmy. Yep. I'd say the first one, again, The Phantom Goes to War is pretty hard to beat. Uh, secondly, Carlisle's Good Mark, the uh, Wilson McCoy Fort Classic, uh, one of my favourites, and I own several of the uh, original art to that story. Thirdly, uh, I'd probably say... Oh, God, that's a tough one. Um, there's probably too many in the mix. A lot of Wilson McCoy and Ray Moore stuff. Sort of one there, Nick. Oh, I can't go past the old stuff, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll name probably my favourite series. Yeah. Um, I love the Triads. That was pretty good. And um, uh, I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah. And also the Ibis Mystery, the four, yeah. four part. I think it was. That, good, that yeah. was a good story. Yeah. yeah. Have you got a favourite series as well, Jimmy? Uh, not in particular. I'm just a fan of it overall, to be honest. The, the ones that Nick mentioned, the Ibis Mystery stands out as a good one. Uh, the the early stuff. Um, 1930s uh, Sing Brotherhood that, just, that went on for, for weeks and weeks and weeks so reading the early stuff really kind of stands out for me Excellent um, thank you again for your, uh, for your time today and I hope you um, do some more wonderful deals 
Um, I've been actually been waiting to interview these two for a while. They've been standing here willing and dealing for a good hour, and um, they've been enjoying themselves immensely by the looks of things. So um, the better halves better not listen to this podcast. I don't. Thanks, dude. No worries. All right, fellas. What about your most prized, um, your most prized piece in your collection, Nick? Mine would have to be my number five that I purchased recently, which uh, broke the bank, and my wife nearly divorced me. But uh, yeah, I got the number five there. Um, probably seventy-six B that I got as well. That uh, Jimmy beside me was after for quite a while till he got one better. <laughs> and um, yeah, I love the original artwork. I, I'm lucky enough to own half the. Uh, the Search for Byron's story by uh, Glenn Ford artwork. Yep. So, um, yeah, I really like that as well. Oh. Excellent. And I've seen that artwork there at your place. It's very good. Jimmy, <laughs> just, just rattle them off, mate. <laughs> uh, there's quite a few. Um, I'd say, of course, the Fruit Phantom number one for me was uh, one of the biggest. But uh, also following the original art, um, I've got uh, a few of each of most of the, the big artists, uh, including Ray Moore, uh, Wilson McCoy, Cy Barry, Bill Ignanti, uh, and so on. Uh, third point, probably the the cardboard pistol, which is advertised on the back of the early Fru Phantom comics, uh, as a piece that took me many years to uh, to track down. Uh, next one along the list, maybe the Sirocco. I picked up uh, a Sirocco uh, recently, the five-inch uh, wooden statue. Other stuff, the uh, the King Comics box, the three-pack box uh, that they displayed the comics in is uh, one of the rare pieces that I enjoy as well. And, yeah, the list goes on from there. So, Oh, fantastic. What about something that, that you're after at the moment? Something I'm after at the moment? Well, anything under 100, I guess. <laughs> it's uh, very hard to get. I do like the uh, early New Zealand comics. They're very hard to get these days, but... Uh, the ones that are available are pretty much overpriced, I believe. But just I, I'm mainly into comics myself rather than the merchandise, but occasionally I'll find something I like the look of and display it in my cabinet. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Nick, what about yourself there? Jimmy, what, what's something that you're after at the moment? Uh, good question. So probably wanted to pick up uh, the Fru Phantom 65A. It's, uh, it's a rare comic. Uh, I've just spotted one recently and uh, in discussions on that. Uh, regarding memorabilia, there's a few different pieces, but maybe the Hasbro rub-ons that are 1960s. Uh, maybe the brown Sirocco would be another high-demand item that I'm after. So, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks, fellas. Cheers. Well... G'day all. I've, um, we've left the, um, the comic fair and I'm now at a Jimmy James's place and let me tell you, it is fantastic. I've just stepped in and, well, I can't explain it at all. I'm going to leave that up to, to Jimmy. So here you go. <laughs> there you go, Jimmy. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so last couple of days while I was home, I put... Uh, Got my collection out of uh, storage and made a bit of a display. And we've got it separated into about one, two, three, four, five, six, about ten different sections. Uh, the first section set up with a lot of the early USA stuff, big little books, uh, Avons. Uh, then the later US stuff, the 2040 toys, which they're not all there, but it's what I could fit in the display. 
Joe would uh, love it. He's a big fan of 2040. Yeah, I heard Joe's a big fan of 2040, which is good. So I've got all of the toys now bar one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the other ones are located uh, actually still in the US. I've got to get them sent over. Uh, and then I've got the uh, the toys set up, the, the board games and the Phantasma Magic Fix, the the Captain Action and the Cab I Sing from the, uh, the recent uh, Captain Action uh, characters. And then uh, next to that, the, the stand-up boppin' bag, I think it's called, the inflatable uh, one with a phantom with the hands on his hips and... Just to the right of that, uh, some original art and uh, animation cells as well. The um, animation cells by an American company. Uh, the name of the company... I can't bloody remember. Uh, Royal Animated Art Inc., American company, animation cell company that went bust uh, in the 90s. They've got a few of their cells on display here and some uh, Terry Biatti uh, original art there. And then moving on to the first of the display cabinets that I've set up, what we've got uh, in front of us is a bit of various items. The first, probably the most notable item would be an original uh, Lee Fork script um, from uh, one of his Sunday pages. And uh, his Lee Fork's actually drawn a few squiggles on what he wanted, uh, what he wanted drawn there. So that's a pretty neat item. And... Um, I've also got the the Italian or the Norwegian uh, uncut uh, trading card sheet. Next to that, I've uh, got a few original Lee Fork items, original letter from Lee Fork that he sent a fan, and uh, next to that, one of his uh, letterheads or one of his postcards that he'd send out with the signature to a number of his fans. Um, other highlight items, a lot of the... Uh, the Friends of the Phantom, the US Phantom fan club uh, memorabilia, including the pins, badges, uh, the patches, uh, and so on. And uh, another notable item, probably in that cabinet, would be the... Um, I've got a letter just between uh, Bob Griffin and the John Henderson, the Australian Phantom fan club. A bit of correspondence between the two guys, and they're sharing a bit of detail about the Phantom. I thought that was uh, pretty cool. What's the tape you got there? Uh, the tape was a gift from Bob Griffin to John Henderson. It's uh, the a recording of the Phantom and the Mandrake album oh, right. that they'd done. So it's dated 1967, the Leo Records uh, tape there. It's brand new. It hasn't even been used. You can see, still see the blue mm. tape lining there. Um, above that and around the window kind of area i've got uh, two quite interesting pieces there's a wooden phantom sign and this is the original phantom sign from outside the phantom club rooms in melbourne uh, that fan club was around in the 1990s and beside that uh, an original wilson mccoy sunday from the september 10th uh, 1950 about the uh, the racehorse uh, hero and below that, cabinet number two, above that we've got a number of the Super Yank comics, uh, and inside that a number of the Super Yank comics, uh, plus the uncut run of uh, The Phantom Goes to War through numbers 27, 28, 29, 30. So quite a nice little cabinet there, one of my favourite uh, sets of The Phantom covers, especially yeah, considering these days that it would be deemed as quite racist. Uh, with uh, the Japanese soldiers looking very, very Asian and portrayed with rather big teeth and, and so on. So quite an interesting piece of history. 
right there. Um, next to that, got my lamp display. The the Monkeys of Melbourne was uh, is now like a cult following for some of the memorabilia items, and I've managed to secure the most of the lamp variations. Uh, obviously, the purple one being the most famous. Um, beside that, though, obviously the matte black and the gloss black uh, phantom lamps, uh, quite uh, quite rare these pieces. And then the probably the rarest of the the bust lamps is the the grey uh, bust lamp there, and that's a, a one of three prototypes that were produced apparently. Above that, on a separate display, I've got a number of rare Fru comics: the seventy six A and B, uh, Phantom Adventures one and two and uh, giant size number one sitting up there looking very nice how do I pause this a sec moving along to the third cabinet uh, I decided to put up a few of the um, the rarer kind of boutique kind of items and um, in front of it is uh, an original sign uh, from the, the Phantom Fan Club in Queensland in Australia. Now, it's one of their original window signs, this piece, uh, and what's most interesting about it is that this sign has the Phantom Club printed, uh, but of course the Phantom Club was sued by King Features and they had to rename the club the Independent Phantom Club of Australia. And this sign's actually got the extra additions. Uh, the Independent and of Australia are actually taped onto the sign, so quite a historic piece, I think. Um, moving on to the cabinet uh, in front of the, um, on top of the the sign, there's a number of rare items. Starting from the left, uh, the Phantom Ring Box is, I guess, one of two that's known to exist. Um, there might be a few in other collections that aren't so public, uh, but the yeah, the Ring Box for. Uh, displaying the rings for sale is uh, kind of a rare item. Down from that we've got the 1967 Voodoo Witch Doctor uh, model kit, one of my sort of favourite items, very nostalgic and a great looking item. Not so rare but uh, yeah, still one of my more favourite pieces. And moving along to the, the right side before we cover the centre, the some of the Larami toys, uh, in particular the Jungle Playset and the Phantom UFO. Below that, with an assortment of uh, regular skull rings and gumball rings there. But moving on to the centre, um, centrepieces here, and probably one of my favourite pieces in my collection, would be the, the cardboard pistol, which was a giveaway on the, uh, the Fru Phantom comics in 1940s, 1950s, I think it was. Uh, very early, I think, actually, probably 1950s, because um, 1949, 1950. Uh, when yeah, these were advertised on the back of the comics, and when you sent away for those, you'd also receive a sheet of phantom stamps. Uh, so the the gun sitting here, and so is the stamps. Uh, talking about what's in the cabinet below that, a number of the rare uh, phantom items: the the skull and crossbones skull rings in both the ruby red eye and the luminous eye edition. Uh, the silver skull rings with the luminous eyes, the 1950s uh, ones there. The really early flat tin ring with the embossed face is uh, a beautiful ring I've got sitting there as well. And then uh, below that, some of the... Um, actually, sorry, above that, some of the Phantom Club member pins, both the 1950s stick pin 
and the 1960s badge. So down to the US stuff, um, 1950s uh, transfer sitting in the, the cabinet there. And next to that, probably it looks to be one of the nicer ones that I've seen, the 1944 Sirocco uh, by uh figurine, the five-inch one. Fits in the palm of your hand and uh, very fragile kind of item. So I was very lucky when I got that. It's in very good nick. Very good nick, yeah. So it's, been dis- it's never been displayed. It was collected by uh, a lady who's now deceased. Um, she had a box full of the Sirocco figures and... Uh, yeah, they were just wrapped up in tissue for a good part of 40, 50 years, apparently. So, um, yeah, very lucky to get my hands onto that. Uh, I'm very lucky I did actually knock it over when I got it on oh, and put it up on display. Oh, no. I caught it before it hit the ground. So, it's, uh, it, yeah, no damage to it, but it's very lucky it's still in one piece. To the, to the right of that, uh, I find them pretty rare, the penny cards. USA penny cards, um, got one of the original ones sitting there. So that's that cabinet covered, and uh, I've got a bit of a standing uh, display here at the moment as well, going from the top. Uh, the Phantom movie figurines, the, the Phantom Rider is pretty common, Phantom on his horse there. Uh, the next one along, though, is the, it's quite rare, the price guide says there are only six or seven made. Uh, but I, I really don't know about the, the final numbers, but the pirate uh, prototype for the, the Phantom movie sitting there in his pack. Um, next to that's a regular, the Phantom uh, sitting on his skull throne, and I put him beside the Phantom on his skull throne prototype just so people could kind of uh, see the difference. Uh, moving down the, the way, there's a, a number of monkeys' plates and the Monkeys of Melbourne teapot. Uh, there's also a few monkeys transfers, the original, like a vinyl sticker transfer that were put onto the mugs of that time. Recent other purchases, I've managed to secure a uh, King Comics uh, three-pack box. I've actually got two sitting here now um, for the display. And uh, yeah, it's still got the intact top piece, which is uh, pretty hard to come by. Below that, the regular card albums and a couple of, uh, yeah, Hendo's Club uh, member hats, which are pretty ugly, actually, but uh, a lot of nostalgic value in those. The next cabinet, this is uh, probably the one of the major parts of the treasure room today, is um, on top of the cabinet, we've got a silk screen. It's a silk screen to make uh, transfers onto T-shirts or clothing, um, this is an original Phantom Club of uh, Australia, the 1980s Hendo, Hendo's Club. Uh, this is one of their original silk screens to, to make the Phantom Club t-shirts uh, back in the day. So there was a video pasted up on uh, the Phantom Collector site, I believe, in the past about the, the Phantom Club. But uh, And this is how they made the t-shirts back in the day. So it's kind of lucky to find this item in the past. Uh, moving on to the cabinet, though, the, the main parts of the cabinet would be original Fru Phantoms number one and number two, uh, also not followed by number five, seven, nine, and ten. Unfortunately, missing numbers uh, three, four, six, and eight in my collection. But yeah, so am I. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of interest, obviously, in the early Phantoms, and the, the number one being probably the, the grail item there. Uh, second to that, the Australian Woman's Mirror Annuals, uh, numbers two and number four in the cabinet, and number five's on another display behind me. 
Uh, missing numbers one and three on the woman's mirror, but uh, hopefully I'll find them soon. Uh, got a small little boutique table here just with some comics to take a look at. Ace Comics, there's I think almost all of them. Uh, now I'm missing probably three or four there. In other stuff I've got, uh, moving along, the original Fru cover art that was produced uh, for Fru Phantom 762. Um, another interesting item is an original King Features uh, letter with the Phantom's head uh, pasted in the letterhead. Other stuff, uh, Phantom Clubs and, and their certificates is uh, another thing that I've got an interest in. And uh, moving along, there's a number of uh, postcards from the Australian Phantom Club, a number of stickers and a lot of membership cards uh, sitting here. Uh, behind that on display, though, is some of the original certificates of the club members. Uh, and we've got the Phantom N Club N, which is the Swedish uh, club certificate. We've got the official fan club of Australia, uh, certificate that's a 1990s uh, certificate there. The British uh, Phantom Society uh, certificate there, and uh, the the charter for the Lee Fork Phantom Club. Uh, but probably the prized possession is the the Wilson McCoy uh, fan club certificates. Now I've got the one on display, but on the back there's the the second certificate I have there, uh, which was a personal. Uh, sort of phantom club of Wilson McCoy uh, and he was um, sending those certificates out to fans uh, that would write him letters so that's a pretty cool item and uh, a lot of interest has been shown in that one in the past um, in regards to Wilson McCoy he's generally one of my he's probably my favourite uh, phantom artist of all time to be honest uh, I do love Ray Moore but I, I'm a bigger fan of Wilson McCoy so in regards to Wilson McCoy, I've got a small display set up here with uh, four dailies, um, plus an original Wilson McCoy letterhead, plus his original letters that he would uh, send out for any Phantom-related uh, correspondence. Um, next to that's just a number of stickers that I thought were pretty cool. Uh, the more notable stickers are, of course, the 1980s uh, Phantom Fan Club stickers, dated 1985 uh, the next ones that I like are the Phantom Comics on sale here, new issue every fortnight, the black and the red Phantom these are a window sticker used at the newsagents and bookshops so they're not seen very often because they're usually used uh, the other one being the Papua New Guinea uh, Phantom Comics sticker with the words Contra Mala Pugan, Pugan, sorry, Pugnamus written below it, uh, the black sticker there, so a very interesting item and to be honest nobody really knows about it, uh, Papua New Guinea comics being uh, not licensed and, and destroyed uh, very quickly. Two Monkeys of Melbourne pieces, the, the Monkeys lamp uh, is a one-off lamp produced by Monkeys of Melbourne as an award apparently I think to the the person or the retailer that uh, sold the most phantom lamps. Now, this one, yeah, as a one-off, was given to Leon Michalak in Geelong, who owned Cats Comics. Uh, and when I was in contact with uh, Leon a few years ago, he agreed to, to part with it. So, a very kind of one-off and rare lamp with a big lampshade. It's pretty ugly, uh, but it's, it's really nostalgic and beautiful at the same time. Very, very top-heavy. So... Not uh, a really easy one to 
to display and work with, uh, unfortunately. Uh, coming kind kind of to the final point, uh, the bookshelf I've got filled up with some Phantom stuff. It's generally just full of uh, irregular monkeys and Scanson items. Uh, a few of the more notable items are the shoe shine kit, or shoe care kit, sorry. Um, monkeys of Melbourne ashtrays and, and this kind of thing. So I think that's uh, pretty much it. There's obviously a few more pieces around and about. We've got the gun belt uh, here on the floor. I was about to mention that if you weren't going to say it. Yeah, the gun belt's a, a pretty good one. I think that's the 19... Oh, that's got a year on the back, actually. 2000... Sorry, 2007. I think it's the Phantom Reproductions or something, gun belt. It's a bit of a cool item. I don't see many of them very often. Um, and in the orange, I've got an original screenplay, the script uh, for the Phantom movie there, uh, which is pretty cool to look at. So, oh, Another th thing on the floor is the, the Phantom Club sign. This is a part of the Phantom light box. Uh, that was seen on the Phantom Collector page uh, recently. The light box, uh, the actual box is still in transit. I had to uh, dismantle it all to send it. When I sent it, the, the wooden box part's been delayed. Uh, but I've got the original inserts to, the, to that there. So that brings it to a, an end, I think. Um, there's a few other little bits and pieces, but I don't want to tell about everything here. We'll be here all day. So, yeah, thank you very much. Well, thanks, Jimmy, for, um, for showing me around. This is fantastic. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm speechless. It's absolutely brilliant, the stuff that you've got in here. Um, and you're saying that you've still got more stuff coming. Like, not even yeah. all here. There's, uh, I've got a, a lot in storage in the US, uh, plus got a, a bit in storage in Sweden, um, and my comic art collection is actually in Japan. Oh. living at the moment so yep. yeah there's a few bits and pieces that aren't here but just run out of wall space <laughs> uh, to be honest and run out of uh, space to display it all but uh, yeah it's it truly is an international um, collection um, and yeah thanks again for, for letting me look at it yeah more than welcome <laughs> just um, turn your back away and if you think there's um, a comic missing like number one don't look at me okay. it's alright <laughs> good on you alright cheers